glad it's so glad you can join us today. Oh, thanks, Shana. I, I think it's, uh, you know, the thing that comes to mind is a stone only looks as good as its setting. And that's what you provide for us. It's a way to sign. Wow, thank you. <laughs> it's just true. I don't know to, we'll just respond to that, but thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> I love, love showing my stones off. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, let me introduce Cherie. So psychic, intuitive, a life coach, academic, artist, writer, light worker. Her channel has helped her transform lives, teach how to raise client signature vibration, and how to transform the body. All is one. All is energy. There is nothing to fear. Her channel has helped her transform lives, teach clients how to raise their signature vibration, and transform their bodies. All in one. All in energy. There is nothing to fear. And from a personal note, I love being around Cherie, just to be around you or talking to you or communicating with you just brightens and lightens my day. And you are such a gift. We recently did a reading together and boy, you got me thinking <laughs> all the time and implementing changes that are already proving to be, be good and, and really um, shifting. So thank you. You are such a gift. I will pass the reins to you so you can share your awesomeness with others. All right. Um, first of all, you can tell I'm not that good at uh, the whole tech thing. I'm just trying to get the, you know, the uh, Marvel superhero laser glasses thing to stop happening. <laughs> oh, well, um, I wanted to talk to you today about, uh, first of all, my life experience. Uh, I came into this life on purpose. Um, it was kind of interesting because I didn't get it until I was in my 20s. I was uh, walking along with this idea that somehow I was a victim because my childhood was uh, very abusive. My face, the bones have been broken, my hands, uh, any kind of abuse you can name, I went through. And so what happened was it was like I was given homework, you know, you think you're going to go and, and, and learn addition. And what you find out is, no, you signed up for a class in quantum physics. So what I did was I got to the point where I thought I need to buckle down and learn how to be how to live a life, how to be on the surface of the earth in a way that is uh, mindful, that is kind, that is loving. And I can't do that if I'm uh, constantly allowing myself to suffer. So I spent the next uh, four years studying how the brain works, how imprinting works, what happens, in families, and I came up with this concept that is helping my clients quite a bit, and that is the owner's manual. <laughs> what I mean by that is we get dropped down from spirit into a body and we're in this self, 
And the problem is we don't understand how the self works. If they gave us an owner's manual and we could read that, it would really make things quicker to shift from victim, heavy energy, low uh, vibration to a place where we can just show, shine out our love. And um, I wanted to share with you some of the things that I do work with my clients on in terms of their owner's manual. And the first one is uh, you got a body. You know, it's very disappointing when you're a spirit, you get born and you're in a body. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, it's heavy. It breaks down all the time. And not only that, but you've inherited your mother's mitochondria. Your mitochondria is now your mother's and hers is her mother's. So we go with this imprinting that we didn't put there and we have to work with it. The next thing that is really interesting is that we have inherited our ancestors' trauma. And can I recommend to you the book, It Didn't Start With You. Um, what this book can do is it can take you through a really good methodology for understanding how you have inherited your ancestors' trauma and story. They found out in um, 2015, that if they traumatized rats in a laboratory, they could see the trauma markers in the next generation. They could see the trauma markers in the following two generations. And when they coupled the trauma with the smell of, of cherry blossoms, the child and the grandchild of the traumatized rat freaked out. Now, that was very comforting to me <laughs> because I could come to a place where I would understand that not everything I was experiencing was my fault, that it was a failure on my part that I was feeling this trauma, this triggering, and it really lines up with uh, the Taoist belief that we carry the story of the generations before us. And in our lives, it is our job to change the story so that we are not creating the same trauma in generations to come. So it's pretty heavy responsibility. <laughs> you know, it really is like, Oh my God, I've got to get this solved now, this lifetime in this body. And if you can get a hold of the book, it didn't begin with you. It's fascinating. Many of my clients are discovering so much information about what happened to their forefathers, people who were in areas that were war torn, uh, where they had PTSD inherited from living in a war zone. It passes on through the generations and shows up in the offspring. You can use this book to find out what you are carrying in you and that it really isn't your fault. You're just operating 
by the system that your vehicle has. Um, for me, I went to Ancestry.com and uh, anyone who knows me will tell you that I am very unusual. I have an abstemious lifestyle. I don't drink. I don't take any kind of drugs. I don't eat foods that aren't good for my body. And they say, you must be very disciplined. And for me, that's puzzling. It's like, no, I'm not disciplined. Discipline means you're fighting back against something. No, this is my operating system. So I went to Ancestry.com and I found out my ancestors were Mennonites. They created the Quaker religion, my direct ancestors. They were pilgrims that were sharp and judgmental and embraced, you know, this, this very straight-laced life as a sign of how uh, amazingly good they were. And so many of my ancestors were preachers and archdeacons. And I'm looking at this and going like, this has got nothing to do with me. I've inherited this story. This is the way I was born to live in this life is don't get too fancy, don't spend money, don't be frivolous. And so my entire life has been focused on learning. It's been focused on internalizing. It's been focused on how can I help others? And I can't really take credit for it. I inherited it. Um, the other thing that's very interesting in our operator's manual is that we inherit our dopamine receptors. Now, you should get familiar with your dopamine receptors because that is how we complete a pleasure cycle. And the dopamine receptor, if it's whole and complete, you will see people around you that are in ecstasy about a daffodil. They're looking at it, they go like, oh my God, life is wonderful. And when I was younger, I would look at these people and go, you're lying. You have to be lying. You can't feel that much joy about this simple thing. And what I've discovered through my research is if your ancestors were in war zones, if they were addicts, if they were alcoholics, if they were rageaholics, they shortened the dopamine receptor that they gave to you. Thank you. <laughs> so you're sitting in this life living a different experience than the people around you are living. And that was just a revelation to me when I came to this point when I understood that we have this idea in our culture that we're all living the same life. And what we know from research is it couldn't be less true. We're all living a separate existence. And it has to do with all of this operating system that we have been given in our lives. Um, it starts in the womb. And we know this for a fact. Interesting that when you're in the womb, your brain cells go to your mother's brain cell and your mother's brain cells go to you. So you've got your mother's brain cells and her mother's brain cells in your brain. Now you've 
are living a story that isn't even your story. It's a story that's been passed down to you. The other thing to keep in mind with your operating system is what happens to our subconscious mind under the age of six. And I really want to slow down for this because our culture has us in prison. We are in a place where we simply don't know how to handle our subconscious mind. We don't give validity to it. So even people who are in a spiritual community say, just think happy thoughts, click your heels together, and you will go home, Dorothy. What we know for a fact is that 97% of all of our thoughts come from a story under the age of six or seven. Why? Because once we get words, once we have the tools to clear trauma, then it doesn't store. So let's get into the brain. The amygdala is where all of the shock hits. So you have this overwhelming experience. And I think of all the children in the Ukraine that have had to leave, that have been bombed, that have lost their parents. And all of this trauma goes into the amygdala. So what we end up with is we end up with a different brain structure than someone who hasn't experienced that trauma. If we are able to put it in words, if we are able to feel it, and that takes so much work. I was in counseling on and off for 10 years to work through my issues. It was a case of, I wanna get it out of the amygdala, put it into words, and have it travel along the hippocampus, which is the uh, pathway, the doorway, the hallway, that will take it to your prefrontal lobes. And the prefrontal lobes are just wonderful. This is where you do all your adulting, right here. But first, we have to get into the swamp. We have to be spelunkers. We have to go into the darkness. We have to be in a place where we absolutely understand that these things have happened to us and not be afraid of facing them and not be afraid of putting words to them so that we can dig out that darkness in ourselves. And uh, I did counseling, so much counseling, group therapy, art therapy, individual therapy. And I finally got very, very tired at one point. I was in the hospital and my bowel had twisted and I was uh, laying on the bathroom floor in the hospital. And I had this thought that came to me and the thought was, you know, <laughs> I really tried. <laughs> You know, it's just like, I just don't want anymore. Can, can you just make it stop now? I can't reach the button. 
uh, I my bowel could burst and I could die and I'm just want to get off of this stress trauma train. And then I had something that has happened to me all my life. And that is when spirit talks to me. And I heard go to Peru. So <laughs> the field talked to me and said, you want to get done with this? Go and take plant medicine so you can clear the trauma that you're carrying with you so you can be done with it. And I followed up, uh, took many ceremonies and came to a place where I absolutely could live in who I was day to day and wake up each day without this monster of the trauma hanging over me all the time. But I did it by feeling it. I did it by seeing it. I did it by processing it. It's like a digestive system. You have to get it through your entire brain to uh, carry it out. So what we know for sure is that when the brain is stressed, and this is the thing because I am an intellectual and I do love information. And it really, you know, it's like that ice bucket challenge, <laughs> pouring the ice over my head. If you're in a state of anxiety, if you're in a state of fear, if you're in a state of trauma, your prefrontal lobes shut down. Your adult leaves you locked alone in the house. And it depends on how strong that reaction is. If you are very frightened, you will be operating at an IQ of about 60. And I don't know if you've talked to somebody with a 60 IQ. <laughs> it's not a scintillating conversation. So now you're left in the world to deal with all the complexities of the world with a low IQ and low ability to analyze process and come up with a solution. So we're seeing as people go through COVID, the thing that people are saying so much is like, what happened to people that I just don't understand? And what happened to them is they allowed themselves to get into a trauma state. And when you're in a trauma state, your adult left the house. So you can't get to a place where you're functioning as an adult. If you're lucky and you're just in a state, not of object fear, but kind of vibrating anxiety, you'll be able to operate with about 100 IQ. But full on intelligence only happens when you're calm. And that means you have to understand your own story your family story, your trauma markers, your childhood experiences, and you get into a place where you become familiar with your operating system so that you can drive with less stress. Another thing that happens to us uh, in this delightful scenario <laughs> It seems like it's all bad news, I know, but we have to know this if we're gonna be able to negotiate, 
is we have our mirrors. I had a great counseling session once, uh, a group where they had us put down everybody that was in our lives when we were younger and see them as a mirror. And they would write down, what did this person say about you? So this person reflects back to you who you are. And when you're a child, you incorporate that into your very being. So when somebody says to you, you're weird, you're too much, there's something wrong with you, um, you end up incorporating that. And it really causes you to not have a good relationship with the self. There's something wrong with me. I have to guard myself all the time so nobody else can see it. And now you do the ultimate damage to yourself, which is to become inauthentic. You put on a costume, you put on a mask, and you're out there just trying to perform to whoever is your audience at the present time. I had one client who was so entrapped by this that he had to figure out what somebody else wanted him to be before he could move forward into the space between them because he couldn't be himself. And we're pretty much there right now. We're pretty much feeling like we've lost ourselves because of the way the society is in this chaotic state. So this is a good exercise for you. Write down what your mother said you were, what your father said you were, what your brothers and sisters said you were, what your uncle said you were, and look at that because you have put that into your operating manual. Uh, the next thing that I think is, uh, is uh, really interesting is that you have past lives. And I have had many past life regressions. One of the gifts that came to me through my past life regressions was I came to understand this life more fully. I came to understand uh, why I was afraid of certain things, why I carried a chronic pain somewhere in my body. It had nothing to do with this life. It was a shadow left over from a past life. And I'm not asking you to believe this, but I'm just telling you that it has helped me immensely to understand that this is another aspect of my operating system is where does this fear come from? And when I'm working with my clients, because my channel is so clear, I can see a past life damage. I can say to someone, um, you're having a lot of stomach problems because you were poisoned in a past life. This person's been to a doctor for five years, they're running tests, they don't know what's going on. And clearing that past life experience means that the person is now done with a stomach ache because it's not now, so they can let it go. Um, another thing that, that is, I, I think it's confusing us so much, and that is cohort imprinting. I was raised, I'm 78, hey, I made it. <laughs> I was raised with a group that were pillagers. 
my cohort had this idea that the only way you could have self-esteem was if you had uh, gone out on your Chevrolet with the, you know, the big tail fins and you had pillage. You had stuff, you got more stuff, you consumed, you didn't think about the next generation, you didn't think about the earth. And so we went out and did what we were conditioned to do, which is not trust other people, not connect to the earth, not understand what emotions were inside of ourselves, and just move forward. And it has damaged the earth. It has damaged the society. It has damaged the next generations that are coming up. Because we seek security in the society by being what the society expects of us. And it is so unmindful to let that happen to you all of my friends drink therefore i drink all of my friends uh buy something if they feel unhappy and so what we do is we are conditioned by our society to fit in because if you fit in you're not going to be attacked and God knows you don't want to be attacked. So if we have the sense that our authentic self is a danger to us, what we're going to do is we're going to constantly be repressing that. I'm not letting myself show. I am not speaking my truth. I am not going to um, unshame myself. And I call this, I see it like slavery. You know, this is how my mind works. I'm thinking about at a wedding when you have to do the bunny hop, olden days stuff, but it's like a slave chain. We're being taught that we need to be in the line doing a bunny hop with everybody else in our social signaling group. The problem with that is there's no music anymore. The world is falling in. All of the mistakes we have made are so clear. All of the people that we have hurt and that we have said don't matter, or living on the streets or buried in, uh, you know, schoolyards or who are on the road, uh, they got, they figure there are uh, about 20 million people now walking around on the face of the earth without a home and we have come to a point it's like in a marriage you know the guy you married is really hot and he's bright and you like him and then after you know him long enough you see oh my god he's been doing evil stuff so we were all enthusiastic about just getting in that culture and doing what the culture told us to do. And now we're to a place where we're going, oh my God, it's hurting people. It's repressing people. It's telling people they have to be a certain way or they're not, they're not correct. They don't deserve to live. 
And so we need, as a person who's trying to be authentic and loving and compassionate, to look at all of this in our operating manual. Um, we've got so much social signaling. We've got class. We've got, uh, you know, education. We've got spiritual groups where there's competition and who's the most spiritual. Um, I actually saw a site where people who were astral traveling could be assessed at how good they were. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> was your flight good? How far did you get? Um, and so the pressure is coming in on us because all the structures that we used to believe in, especially in my generation, all we have to do is pillage hard enough and we'll be fine. And let's have a drink. Uh, I remember my dad driving down the road with uh, hard liquor between his knees and we're, had no seat belts and we were good, man, we were good. But as things fall in, we get to a place where we start to see where the mistakes are. And we need to stop and go inside. We need to stop living for other people, for other people's expectations. And that means really doing some deep work. And I'm going to take you through the questions that Gabor Matti taught me when I was on a retreat with him doing plant medicine. He said, first of all, we have to be in the body. Most of us aren't in our bodies. We're not taught to be in our bodies in our culture. We're, we're taught to torture our bodies. We're taught to, uh, you know, make our bodies into a shape or, you know, have plastic surgery or do something so we fit in, but we are not inside of our bodies. And I see that in my clients all the time. I ask you, what is your body feeling? And they feel around in the dark and they can't touch anything because they're in their heads. They're in their social conditioning. So we go into the body, into the center of the body, and a beautiful Buddhist nun told me one time, you always have the garden in the center of your body. It's the garden that has cherry blossoms and apple blossoms and birds singing, and it's in your center, and you can always go there with breath. So you drop all of the anxiety, all of the trauma, all of the past stories, all of the self-criticism, so that this whole layer upon layer of conditioning that you're carrying can fall away and you can just be sitting in your garden. So Gabor Mate said to us, first of all, we have to know when we're triggered. I feel triggered right now. And that means a body sweep. I'll sweep my body and shoulders might come up, hands might be in a fist, I might have stopped breathing, um, and I have opened my eyes, you know, like that shock look. So I check my body and I go, oh my God, my body's responding to something. And then you go to the next question. And the next question is, what triggered me? 
And this is such a beautiful practice because in the moment we're having this body response. And uh, one of the things I give as an example is when I have a large dog that walks up to me, my neighbors have remarked, oh my God, you look terrified. And I know that I do because when I was four, a large dog attacked me. So in the moment, I can see I am triggered. And then I ask the next question is, what is this just like under the age of seven? What is this experience, this trigger, just like under the age of seven? And then you use your ability to mindfully check yourself and you go, oh my God, this makes complete sense. So we get to a place where we understand we're triggered. And then we don't go up on stage and slap somebody on the face during the Academy Awards because you're just sitting there going, yep, I'm triggered and I'm going to let it go. So um, one of the things I think has been very, very clear to me recently is that surrender is the only way through this chaos. We have to drop expectation. We have to drop uh, our, our white knuckle grip on, you know, attachment to everything. There's a big challenge for us right now. And the challenge is, do you dare to be lost? Do you dare to not know? Do you dare to be in a place where you are simply floating in deep space and all of the stories you had behind you are done? They're gone? I know it's so fun to do victim. I can sit and talk to you uh, victim stories over and over again, but I call this reinstalling your software. There is no point in retelling the story of your past because all it does is block your growth in the future. So when the story of the past comes up in your brain, I tell my clients, let it go. <laughs> There's no story. You're right here, right now, breathing. And this is the thing we're called to right now. We're, we're called to direct our thoughts. And what I got was this vision that like, my thoughts are coming, to the door and they're knocking and they're ringing the bell and I'm looking through the peephole and I'm looking at the thought and I'm going, do I want to let that thought in? No, no, <laughs> don't. So we just let it go. It'll walk away if we're not embracing it and keeping ourselves stuck and keeping ourselves in a place where it's all a prison it's all a chain around the neck and the ankles. We are latched on to other people's reality of walking along. Um, first of all, we need to learn what we were programmed to be. That's important. What was I programmed to be? 
What has my imprinting told me? What has society told me? Um, the next thing we need to learn is how we feel all the time. How do I feel right now? I take a breath in, I take a deep breath, I let it sweep through my body on the inside, and I go, oh, look at that. You have a thing going on. So I pay attention to that. Then we allow ourselves to let go and let ourselves become, become. And one of the things I know for sure as I've gone through my life journey is the greatest damage I have ever done to myself, the greatest wounding I have ever done as a secondary wounding is to stop myself from loving other people. That's where we get hurt the very most. I can't love other people because I'm not good enough. I have shame. What do they think of me? And one of the things that has happened to my clients, just like hallelujah, is they're learning how to get out there and love and not worry about if it's sticking or if it isn't sticking. Uh, I'm teaching them to go down the sidewalk and say something like, uh, oh, the scarf you're wearing is beautiful. You have such a great smile. Or you can even do it without words. You can just send love and wrap it around people. And it helps us grow. It helps us learn to trust ourselves. Because the biggest damage that we have in our very dark, competitive, colonialized culture is there is not room for spirit. And I found that out very young in my life because I have been receiving messages. I have had the channel all of my life since I was four years old. And the main thing I felt about it was shame. You know, you can't let people know you know this stuff. Or when this surge of love would come up with me, I would see somebody walking past me who had the most gorgeous energy that just flooded me and made me feel happy to be alive. I couldn't dare react to it. So this is where we are. We're in a place where everything that we believed in, that it was good, that it would protect us, that the system, Mommy and daddy would make us whole. And we've come to understand it's exactly the opposite. It doesn't make us whole. It makes us lesser than what we were born to be. We need to learn how to love ourselves. We need to learn how to be in a state where we see our operating system and we understand why we're doing it and we don't beat ourselves up for it. We just go, oh yeah, of course you're doing that because this is what you were imprinted with. And then we can move beyond that to a place where we honestly are committed to being born 
to who we were meant to be. And that is so peaceful. That is so peaceful. And I know I came on this earth with my channel, with my trauma, with my intellectual studies, so I can help people. That's why I'm here. And it makes it so clear. I'm not worried about, you know, if I'm successful or if people love me or all of that is gone at this point. And I, reach out to you and say, I have had so many clients over the last two years who have gotten in the weeds, who have been unhappy, miserable, full of arising anger and fear. And I've been able to help them because of what I've gone through. So I see, I see my purpose. I see my reason. I do work remotely. What I can do, and I'll tell you my process, is I will read your energy at a distance. I can see traumas that have happened to you. I can see uh, ancestors that are with you trying to teach you something. Uh, I can see your angels. I get messages, and they're always, they're always right. And sometimes my personality's over here going, what? You're not really going to say that, are you? And I go like, no, I have to say it. So I take that leap. Do get a hold of me if you'd like a uh, life coaching, if you would like a channel reading. I can help.